Hola, buenos días. Soy Nico. And today we're here to talk about something that pertains to, I feel like, every community. I can't just say the Black community, because colorism is a big thing in most cultures. That's why we see the bleaching market is a multi-billion dollar industry. Don't make that face. I'm not going to drop names. <laughs> um, people will be messy in the chat. But today we're here to talk about that because I feel like in today's day and age, colorist comments are popping back up online because a lot of people don't understand. And it's something my parents will always tell me. Nico, whatever you put on the internet is forever. So if you put colorist statements out on the internet, it is forever. And a lot of people did not realize they made these statements until that whole fiasco happened where colors were being exposed up and down on the timeline. And whenever they would chime in, they would be met with a this you tweet. And then they would go lock their private um, account and try to hide away until the smoke blowed over. But my question is because I understand that as black and brown people, especially of darker shades, um, because in my past, I was always in the sun because I'm from the country, so I was a lot darker. I would get colorist comments from my family who were lighter because I have people in my family who have blonde hair, blue eyes. I have people in my family that could be, you know, quote unquote, white passing, even though they have black ancestry. So I would get colorist comments from at home. I would get colorist comments from at school. And I feel like it's something that kind of sticks with you and resonates with you. That's actually why I'm really passionate about having these discussions and not just burying them under the rug. But as somebody who is lighter skinned in my adult age, I feel like I should not be the one dominating this conversation. So I definitely want to hear opinions on how do we address colorist statements from the past? Because a lot of these people say, oh, well, I made these statements 10, 12 years ago but their dating history and their quote unquote preferences align with these color statements that they made in the past. So um, LaShawn, you have your hand up. I would love to hear your opinion. Hi everyone. Um, I will say this, we've all done things we're not proud of. We make mistakes in life. That being said, if you're willing to put in the effort to really change your way for the better, there's nothing wrong with that. However, the problem is that when certain people have a certain pattern, and I mean more than three times, and it's continuing to this very day, then clearly that person has not learned anything. Um, I just learned to accept that some people are just colors as hell. They won't change their ways. They don't feel sorry for it. And while it is important to address the topic, I feel like as well, it's important that we don't let it affect our lives too much because that's something I've noticed. And this goes on with any kind of like topic of, of or movements. Like when we get into it at first, we get to consume with it because finally stuff that's been bottling in us or it's the topic that's not been told about is finally being talked about and it's, you know, it's hot right now. So in regards to that, if the person has a history and they are continuing to not show any signs of improvement, then it's time to kick the bucket. Do not support that person. Don't even waste your time with that person. Even they show a slight interest in you. Again, it's also very tricky because you may never know. Um, they could be interested in you or you could be like an experiment. But then again, it's up to the individual at the end of the day. Me personally, I refuse to be somebody experiment and be boo-boo the fool, but that's me personally. But you know, hey. 
the conversation point that you brought up about being an experiment, I think it's I think it's important to talk about for the sole purpose of we can acknowledge if something, you know, we've said in the past is bad. And I think it's important that people try to work through that. Obviously, as a grown adult, I'm not going to tell you who to date, who to have sex with, because it doesn't affect my life. But as a standing of character, you should try to address these biases that we have. Um, if anything, I'm with you in the sense that if you're trying to address your colorism, if you're trying to address your racism, your fat phobia, etc., whatever group I pertain to in that matter, I would not like to be your test object. I would not like to be your character growth in that sense. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, oh, and, and to add on top of that too, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Also, you know, it just show like, you know, accountability, mm -hmm. you know, accountability, acknowledging your fault. It shows great maturity, mm -hmm. but some people unfortunately are narcissists and have a Peter Pan syndrome. So that's not happening. I, okay, I'm done. I agree. Um, Ken, you had your hand up next. Yes, and I will talk quickly because I have to leave. Um, I agree with what LaShawn said about, I think that if a person's past comments come up in any context, I think we need to see where, they, where they've come and who they are now. I think if you continuously still have the same behavior, still the same actions, and you just don't care, then I don't think that person should necessarily be... I think we shouldn't forget we should maybe if you want to forgive that person that's up to you but if we shouldn't forget that person's behavior or actions when it comes down to certain issues like that especially in a community where we're already being ostracized outside of it anyway so like to have it even worse inside it's just ridiculous to me at this point some people were proven that with their content who they work with how they interact with certain races and other um, minorities and anything like that so I think yeah just just seeing what the person is and if they haven't changed then we we know where to keep them you know away from potted plants apparently hold on hold on and you know who i'm talking about i'm gonna keep it class <laughs> all right uh i love you guys i'll see you next time next week all right thank you for tuning in um ckc you had your hand up next Yes. Uh, first, is this in the purely in the context of like people you know or interpersonal relationships, or is this about like content creators, celebrities, only um, people? I'm gonna open this dialogue about the overall encompassment of celebrities, content creators, people you know in your past, because that's the thing that I've seen on social media as well. When they started adding people like, oh, this person's colorless, this person's colorless, this person's colorless, I was like, well, damn, I've actually had like a semi conversation with this person. I never really got that feel from them. So it really expands across everybody. Okay, cool. Thanks. I guess my thoughts are just that um, I'll use an example. When um, people were upset when like Tyler, the creator, said that he only liked white boys um, in his music or just in personally, it's not into niggas. And I feel like people made a choice whether they were going to fuck with his music or his content or not or whether they were going to keep it pushing. Uh, and I feel like kind of like similar to what LaShawn was saying, you kind of have to do that when you, whether it becomes to people in your community or just these content creators or celebrities where you're gonna have to decide like, hey, I can't change this person's opinion. I can't change white people when they are racist. Um, I can't change someone's opinions when they're colors. As long as they're not, like we say with black people who date interracially or specifically white people, as long as they're not, saying something derogatory about 
uh, other uh, black people or dark, in this case, dark skinned people. Um, it's not really something I'm going to invest energy in. And I think that that's a really good one. But I think it's also it. I think it, I do agree with what Kenneth said in terms of if you are someone who's exposed to this, everyone, he, a lot of people, I'm not saying everyone, but there are people who did problematic or messed up things when they're younger. And I think that you should be open to that criticism and make change and like try to address that. But also if you're not, then I think that if you're not willing to make any changes and you, or if you're not willing to examine um, how you may be colorist or like, or something else, whether it's fat public or something else, then I think you need to take a pushing or what would you say online? So um, yeah, I think that's my main um, points on that. Um, also, uh, just in general, delete your tweets, delete your old tweets. There are services that you can pay money to do that. Um, and that can save you from this as well. So, but anyways, thanks. No, I completely agree. And that's the thing when it comes to deleting tweets, you don't even have to use services to be frank, because on your profile, it lets you search up keywords. That's how people are getting exposed. So they're just searching up light skin, dark skin, or other colorist terms that are usually used. So I definitely recommend deleting your tweets. I was, I mean, I was ignorant, but as I said earlier, I was a dark skin child. So it was not like I was colorist. So I said some stupid shit, but it was before I got on Twitter. I was more of a Facebook girl, but even then, it's just when you grow, you need to go back and look at that kind of stuff because the internet is forever. But I definitely agree about the confliction with um, musical artists, for example, like you said, Tyler, the creator, because at the end of the day, unfortunately, I still like Igor. I still like Call Me Back When You Get, what, Call Me When You Make It Home. I, I still like those albums. And same for Steve Lacey when he said, I don't date Black people because I view them as my cousins because we look alike. And I thought that was just a cheap cop-out, but in my in my exactly like Trey is shaking his head we don't all look alike but um in my thought process I never understood why it was important to announce these things like I don't understand why you need to make a general statement of I don't like light-skinned people I don't like dark-skinned people I don't like black people in general I never understood outwardly professing your preference when nobody asked but that's just my standpoint syndrome. exactly at the end of the day announcing your preference even if it's not in a malicious way is immediately alienating everybody who does not fit that preference. Because we know that in today's day and age, preference is not used in the right context. Because a preference, I don't like nachos, but if that's the only party food at the function, I'm gonna eat some nachos. Y'all saying preference is in, I don't I prefer to date non-black people and I will never touch a black person. That's not a preference. That's a choice. I, I forget the word that I used to use for it, but that's basically a choice. But um, Trey, you also have your hand up. Okay. This is a very nuanced conversation. Um, I feel like a lot of people, this this thing that they're doing on Twitter now, I don't, it, it, it might be, I don't want to say it's all just Gen Zers, but it might be, but colorism is something that has been ingrained in us from the very beginning. As from someone who is 28, who grew up in the early 2000s, who grew, who who remembers the year 1999 and the year 2000, colorism will come on TV and it wouldn't be a second thought to anybody. There will be cartoon characters literally crying because they have an afro. And looking back on it, I wouldn't know why, but with my perspective now, it was just colorism because 
crying about having black features. Um, I'm the most pro-black person um, in my life that I know. And I have said some colorist stuff back in the early 2000s and stuff because I had, I that's all I knew growing up was colorism. You know, I'm the most, I guess, quote unquote, white skinned person in my family. And I used to get praised for that because my whole family is dark skinned. So I used to always get praised for quote unquote being light skinned. And I let that, you know, that used to be a badge of honor for me being light skinned. Like I used to always say, oh, I don't want to go outside in the sun because I don't want to be dark and blase blase. And then I will get, I got older and I started researching and I learned my history. And I found like I learned about colorism and I learned about the anti blackness and the, the rhetoric that white people will spew into our community to make us hate ourselves. And that comes with education and learning yourself. So I would tell those people trying to expose people, you need to give grace because those people definitely may not even have that mindset that they did when they made those tweets. Now, they could definitely still do. And that's why I say that the dating thing does kind of matter. Like when people say it doesn't matter who they date. Well, it kind of does because it can be indicative of what their mindset is, who you date. I don't, I don't, I, I wish people would just stop thinking that who you dating is just all about love and it's just, everything's about love and that's all that matters. No, I'm sorry. Who you dating is more than just a, a choice you make based on love. There's a whole lot of other decisions when it comes to who you date. That's, rooted and not just love okay so when you have somebody who made those old colorist tweets and then they only date light skin that's indicative that that's how they still think like let's 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 keep it above so those people definitely deserve to still be called out and um like ckc said at this point, there's no change in their minds. You might as well not even put your energy into them. I definitely don't put my energy into a coon. Um, I just choose not to. So yeah, I say coon. I just I choose not to support them. They don't get my time, my money, my resources, my allocation. If something, if they was to go through something, you're not getting my help. I'm sorry. I don't care. When they coons experience racism, I don't care. Deal with them. You ask your white allies. So. Um, yeah, that's just that's just it on that. That's how I feel on that. No, I definitely agree. Um, and that's why I usually say in my YouTube videos, if the comments are from exceedingly long ago, especially because we grew up in the same age, I'm 26. So I know how it used to be back then. So it's not like I'm obtuse to the conversation. But as you said, it really depends on how you move forward going as an adult. What I will say when it comes to dating interracially or who you choose to date, I say, if you find love, you find love in the context of you are open to everybody. If you see somebody sticking to strictly non-black partners and or strictly light-skinned partners, then I say, well, that's a... There's a reason for it. Yeah, there's a documented pattern. So at that point, I'm more inclined to believe you still think that you've just grown with age and know that in today's day and age, you shouldn't say those things publicly. So I definitely agree with you on that one. <laughs> um, but... Ian, you had your hand up next, which I think will be an interesting perspective. <laughs> Why would that be interesting? Sorry, um, I'll try and, keep it, try and keep it a bit short, but um, basically, for understand all reasons, I probably haven't experienced a ton of colorism. Uh, <laughs> but um, basically, um, it was maybe like last year, mm -hmm. I, a friend of like, 
almost 20 years, uh, probably around close to around like 15 years, um, sort of like came forward to us. We were all like sort of a little bit drunk, but they came forward and basically said like, because they're, they're like the only person in our friend group who's like not white white. They're not super dark by on the grand scale, but they basically said that like as a kid they'd used to spend like extra time in the shower like cleaning in an effort to like become lighter and it's like yeah and like thinking back on like because uh we're all like weebs so i used to draw all of our characters and stuff and like i'd like retroactively remembering situations where i'd like draw all of our characters and like obviously i'd be like okay I'll give your character darker skin because you have darker skin. And it was like, I didn't realize it would make them uncomfortable. And it was just, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't have any, I don't have any like grand, uh, grand conclusions on that, but it was just strange to think about. But well, in that, con in that context, I would say your friend was suffering from internal self-hate and that's not, mm. um, like a shot at them in particular it's just that a lot of people growing up they don't know how skin pigmentation works so i've heard the stories of i would be in the shower scrubbing because let's say my mother is lighter skinned and i wanted to look like her because like i said when i was growing up in the country i was always outside in the sun because that's what you do as a kid that grows up in the country and i was a lot darker because my family believe it or not most of my family members are my shade to lighter so i was one of the darker children to my little brother um was born so i definitely understood the feeling of feeling othered you don't necessarily look like your family members um or in the context of you're going out in the world and you're being met with consistent colorism because like trey said back in those days there was no filter there was no um politically correct agenda everybody was getting some major strays so it definitely affects how you feel about yourself growing up and it affects the avenues that you're going to take, trying to see who you can blend in with, who you can find a community with. So I definitely think seeing artwork done of you and the skin tone is a tone that you don't necessarily recognize with anything other than pain, it's going to affect how you react to it. So I would say in the artwork sense, it was probably them trying to run away from their blackness and seeing it put into paper kind of messed with them a bit. Mm. That, that's just my perspective of said situation. Yeah, um, and I'll... Oh, oh. Uh, you finished your thought. Oh, no, no. Uh, is, is there anything else? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it's sort of interesting how, like, when one of the things people always say when they're making these tweets, making these struggle tweets is like, um, haha, I wouldn't, like, date my... I wouldn't even date someone who looks like me, like myself. <laughs> like, that sort of makes it okay. It's like, I'm taking a shot at myself. It's like, no, that's a that's a terrible thing to say about yourself. That's yeah, a, that's it, sad. Yeah, and that's kind of in the context of what Rain had said in the past, and it kind of it shows how you not only feel about the people that look like you, but the but you and yourself. Because in my mind, <laughs> when people say I would never date someone that looks like me, or I wouldn't even date myself, you don't value yourself. So now you're just throwing yourself at anybody who looks the furthest from you. So that's my personal opinion. Not oop, I'm not trying to read. I'm just saying, if you're actively saying I would never date me or somebody that looks like me, you don't love yourself. It's that simple. And mm. I can't hold that against them in the past. 
if the tweets are from the past, because nowadays we're more progressive, we have these discussions openly, but if they made a tweet like that in the, back in the day where they felt like they were worthless, where they were consistently being devalued and discarded because of their skin tone, something they cannot help, I'm usually more lenient with past statements. Hmm. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> yes. Um, Thank you. No problem. Gary, you're up. Okay, so a few things. I think it's important um, to look at when these tweets were made because in my experience, you don't really grow, become a grown-up until you're like 30. When you're in your 20s, you're going to say like a ton of dumb stuff. I mean, granted, when I was coming up, Twitter was just being a thing. So I knew not to say my problematic stuff on Twitter. Because it wasn't around for most of my 20s. Now, I do look back on some of the stuff that I post on Facebook, which were messed up. And I, when I come across those comments, I delete them. But yeah, also, another thing to keep in mind is how um, when these comments are brought to the person's attention, it's important that the message isn't like they're attacking them. Because when people feel like they're under attack, it's human nature to defend to defend yourself. So I think delivery is key, making sure that you're just bringing something to somebody's awareness, but you're not like attacking them, because then the message is going to get like lost in translation. I can. I completely agree. And I feel like delivery is key in the sense that, like I said in that video uh, where I was just addressing statements that were being made about me, if you are constantly like attacking somebody, if you're saying you stupid bitch, you know, you don't love yourself and blah, blah, blah. Like if you're coming off very angry, very condescending, most people in general are not going to take your feedback with sincerity. They're not going to try to learn from it, but especially when it revolves around past trauma. And that's something that CKC had said in the chat where um, we can have nuanced convos about this stuff without excusing the behavior. Because though it was a more problematic time back then, like I said earlier, I'm more lenient if they change their patterns, but they still said these things. And that's what I want to bring up because Though it was from their own trauma, though it was from anti-Blackness and the times that we were in, it still affected those around them that they said these things to. And I want people to understand that as you grow up, things that people tell you, they resonate with you. And you have to work through years of trauma to actually get to a place where you no longer acknowledge those statements. So I understand that, th that these things were said long ago. I understand that they're usually rooted in trauma that they've been inflicted upon, that has been inflicted upon them. But at the end of the day, you hurt other people with the words that you said. So that's also something that we have to remember when we're having these discussions. And LaShawn, your hand is back up. Uh, yes, to, to add to what Gary said too, it is important to have these conversations without saying condescending. Um, but unfortunately, like from my experience, you can have these, these honest conversations, be mature about it. But some people, again, will have such fragile egos that they just refuse to listen. So, you know, if they're open to, if they're open, to, you know, to, for the conversation and they're willing to before, improve themselves, that'd be great. If not, then, you know, just let, let that person go. You know, hopefully they will learn by themselves. Usually it's the hard way. 
you know, none of us like to learn shit the hard way, but I feel like that's, that's like a wake up call for most people, you know, which is unfortunate, but that's just life. And to add to what Ian said about, you know, the art thing, you know, making the characters darker. I remember when I was younger, I never liked drawing, you know, characters that looked like me, you know, it's something that I had to deprogram, you know, and it took years to do so. Now that I started drawing dark skin characters, especially char or black characters, I realized, oh, I drew them so beautifully. And I looked back like, why did I have a problem with this before? So it, it's really good that we're having conversations and now it's starting to, people are starting to deprogram, you know, this behavior that was unfortunately inflicted upon us. And I just hope it, um, for the newer generation, generations after, you know, they don't suffer the same stuff as we did. Granted, they are going to suffer. Every people going to suffer, but not as much as we did. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I'm definitely glad that a lot of people are getting on that wave because, unfortunately, black characters in general, especially when we look at cartoons, um, excluding anime, because that's literally animation in Japan. Japan, most people have not seen a black person, so I'm not going to even involve that. But just seeing cartoons that now show black people in a good light now show black people having actual story arcs now showing various shades of black people because growing up i think we have the proud family uh hey what's fat albert was way past our time so it's like i really only remember the proud family showcasing black characters or little bill i remember that one but unfortunately now we have, oh, i'm sorry oh no I was gonna say, now, now we have shows like craig of the creek which mm -hmm. i generally do love where it shows variety of different diverse characters and they feel organic they feel like a positive promotion of representation we need more of that so i'm happy that we're steering in the right direction with it i couldn't agree more and um ckc i'm gonna switch it over to you because we only have a few minutes left yeah i'll keep this quick uh another example is like the proud family and i've heard they've been tackling a lot of stuff including like colorism racism mm -hmm. like neurodivergency um like a, a bunch of really like interesting stuff um to kind of uh go over stuff they even like tackled a lot of their anti-asian stuff but um i think with other than like anime which i think japan has their own separate issues when it comes to colorism and racism um i think that a lot of times people because of ego and because of other things when a hit tweet comes out a viral tweet comes out top, flaming people who had passed saying colorist things because they're trying to protect their ego or their brand or their business. Um, if they're content creators, they will just fight back. They'll go into panic mode, they'll lock down instead of trying to confront that where in case like people are talking on the chat, a lot of these conversations have to happen in private. They have to happen with people that you trust, people that know you, or that you can at least think you can have an authentic conversation um, where it's not trying to get, you're not trying to have a gotcha moment. You're trying to like actually understand that. And it's not something that happens overnight too. Um, where, and I think that that's where you kind of get resolution, but also I think that for people's mental illness, if you deal with colorism, you just, you have to figure out just like with racism, what you're willing to deal with during that day and just choose how you're going to process it, whether you're going to like engage or not. Cause oftentimes, especially with Twitter, it's not really worth it, but yeah. You know. No, I definitely agree. And that's what I had to start figuring out for myself that it's better to not engage in Twitter when shit flies off the rail, especially cause you know, you always see those tweets where it's like, when your target tweet leaves your target audience and then you start panicking. It's like, yeah, because people that don't know you 
do not know the context that that was probably set in. They probably don't know your history or what you went through or how you were acting back then based on your influences. So when things happen on Twitter, unless you are like blatantly disrespectful, such as making hateful comments like a year or two ago, girl, at that point, you're on your own. But aside from that, I'm usually like, just don't engage. It's usually not worth it because people do not want to hear what you have to say at the end of the day because they're more focused on getting a hit tweet or retweets or likes, etc. But um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you everybody for joining in and uh, giving your experiences and your perspectives on the topic because I really believe this is something that we just avoid because of hurt as a community but colorism, colorism is real um, and it does affect people growing up it affects people and their livelihoods their opportunities in life so i definitely believe it's something that should be addressed head on but once again thank you for joining and i will see you guys next time